an important lesson I learned so far from summer, the best season of all seasons, is to not claim that you know where your summertime wine is going to come from. The stakes could not be any lower on this lesson that I learned, but still a lesson was learned, right? All lessons, all lessons are, are welcomed here on the Sick Palette Podcast. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. My name is Deepa Shreether, and today we got a doozy of a wine review for you. Um, and by we, I mean uh, me, me. And Bagheera, but mostly me. Um, I told myself I'm not going to make a Shit's Creek reference. I said that because I didn't want to be gauche. But what I will do is tell you that I'm not making the reference. Because I still want it to count in some, of, in, in some, some, some pop culture checkbox. I want, I want that to happen. So I'm not going to reference it, but I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to reference it. Keep up. Today we're talking fruit wines, and today we're specifically talking about a company that I've been following, I've been really excited about. I finally got to try their wines. Uh, We're going to talk about fruit blood. Um, And this is going to be um, one of a few wine reviews that we have on this amazing wine company. Um, But I wanted to start out strong with what... (sighs) Guys, I think think we'll just have to accept that at the end of the day, we're going to have a roster of great summer wines. Big Salt. Big Salt is still up there from last week. Big Salt, I love you. I love you so much. But the problem is a lot of winemakers are making really good shit. I wish it wasn't the case. <laughs> but we got, we got another summer wine contender. Heavy contender, okay? Heavy contender. So let's first talk about what is fruit wine. Maybe you're thinking to yourself right now, Deepa. You're my favorite little dummy. But guess what? All wine is fruit wine. And you are correct. You're correct. All wine is fruit wine. Um, so when we think about that category, it just means like wine that essentially is, is made with the addition of other fruits other than grapes. But that is like a very long title. I also think there is... There's a good case to talk about the fact that we have the category fruit wine to basically other it, right? When we, when we talk about, you know, who gets to make wine on this podcast, when we talk about who, who gets access to essentially, you know, getting, getting to be in Napa Valley or getting to be in Sonoma or, or getting, getting that ability to have the land in order to make great wine. Who gets to do that? And who, who has been continuing to do that, right? 
Um, so when, when there are other, other ways to, to skin the cat wine, to skin the cat, I don't like the phrase skin. There are many ways to skin the cat. Is that the phrase? Please God, tell me I didn't make that up. Many, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Many ways to skin a cat. I literally just typed in many ways and Google just knew. Very scary. This is, this is a phrase that dates back into 1854. What was going on in 1854? Which, of course, it's an American phrase. Americans, what are we doing here? Well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bigger question. <laughs> These are troubling times. Let's get back to it, okay? So when we're talking about wine... You know, it would be great if we could just talk about wine without having this this particular category. I feel I feel in in one aspect. On the other aspect, I do think it's great because um, we can then maybe talk about the the real potential benefits of fruit wine, and maybe that's a good reason to categorize it as something else. Um. So first off, with fruit wines, that is actually the oldest. Um, oldest kind of wine, um, which makes a lot of sense, right? It's, it's the idea that we, we had to get, get to some sort of practice before we could establish certain kinds of grapes were best for certain kinds of wine. Um, and fruit wine has been dating back since it's been 50,000 years ago was when, we have decided, at least right now in history, is when um, the first wines were made in the Mesopotamian Valley. And they were made from figs and dates and watermelons, which also makes a lot of sense because all of those fruits have really high content of sugar that you can process and ferment easily. And I would assume that the first wines were made directly from happy accidents with wild fermentation you know just sort of having those sugars processed by themselves to make something bubbly and fizzy at first and then something that tasted euphoric make people feel you know a little bit loose a little lush and uh you know bingo bango wine here we are Don't, don't try to Google the facts, okay? Just come to me for history lessons. Do the opposite of what I just said, just in general. Um, so, you know, now when we think about fruit wine, um, we do think about it sort of being a little goofy, a little bit, you know, like there's like some hippie who has blonde hair and dreads and you know is making his batch of fruit wine in a basement or something like that but the truth the truth is that there's actually a lot of amazing companies and what I really love about I feel like this growing fruit wine movement is that it's giving access to winemaking to so many different kinds of creators because Surprise, surprise, the best stuff 
The best art doesn't necessarily come from the person that has the most money, right? Or the most land or or even the person that's constantly, even though, you know, winemaking is such a cool thing, but sometimes you can make some great stuff if you are not making wine in a traditional way. If you're able to still have all that knowledge and then kind of put it towards something else, you're going to create something awesome. Most of the time, sometimes you just create some weird shit too, but we're not talking about that weird shit today. We're talking about something that is just genuinely really, really great. And today that really, really great thing um, is a wine called Boy Toy, which is a peach pet nat from Fruit Blood. Um, first off, really great name, really, really great name, right? Uh, Fruit Blood is a wine company out of Cincinnati. Um, Plus, I heard like Cincinnati is like legitimately the coolest city in America. Like all kinds of amazing artistic stuff is happening. I must go to Cincinnati. I'm not crazy about this whole like spaghetti with chili situation. I'm not against it, right? Get, Get like a couple bottles of fruit wine in me. And maybe maybe I'm just having bowls and bowls of of um, chili plus spaghetti. But we're not talking about chili plus spaghetti. <laughs> we're talking about fruit blood. Um, I came across um, fruit blood just just through my perusals of Instagram, and uh, it's one of those names that I I kind of put up there with like Ganga Wolves, which still. Still the hardest white wine name out there. All right. Ganga Wolves. Come on. Get out of here. Fruit Blood still has that same sort of. I, I just it just feels like you have that name, you stick to that name forever. It's it's a perfect name. Um if you go to their website, you go to their about section, it's it's one of the best about sections I have seen. Uh, because it, it just lets you know that they're not here to play around. They're not here to, to essentially fit into your idea of what wine is. And I like that energy. I like somebody making something different, acknowledging the difference, and then also at the same time saying, if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself respectfully. And I think that's nice. I like that. Uh, so the first thing you say is you say, we make wine for those in pursuit of pleasure. Okay, I'm down. We're not seeking acceptance in the wine world, and we're not too concerned with tradition. You know what? Into that as well. Um, essentially, as you keep going down, you know, they're explaining um, in, a, in a really articulate way, essentially, what they're doing, what the style of wine they're doing. So... They're doing something different, but they are making a style of wine that we know really well on this podcast, Pet Nat. And essentially, um, they're making, you know, naturally sparkling wine. It sounds like there's a lot of wild fermentation or native fermentation happening in this company. Um, And so their wines are stylized to essentially give you that champagne effect. Um, and the first thing that we're going to talk about uh, when it comes to 
that champagne effect in this particular uh, wine that we're talking about is, is the fact that you are getting a lot of that euphoric champagne feel with a completely different finish. Um, and I was really, really excited. So uh, this particular wine that we're talking about today, I had ordered a couple bottles from them and, um, oh, I didn't even tell you who they are. Okay. So the two people in this company, Josh Elliott, who's the founder and the winemaker. Um, and then there's Becca Miller, who is the designer and brand director. And let me tell you, these labels, these labels are gorgeous. The branding is gorgeous. Um, I am, I am in love with their Instagram feed. I'm in love with their packaging. It's just beautiful tea to be. But I ordered a couple bottles um, and they were kind enough um, to actually send me a couple extra. And one of the ones that I didn't order is the one that we're talking about today, which is, I think, their, their newest release. Um, it is a peach pet gnat. So it's a peach pet gnat that is made with peaches and white grapes. Um, also, great name, no notes, boy toy, perfect. Makes you already think this is, this is a wine that you can have by the poolside. They did also expressly tell me that in order to enjoy these wines, it's best to serve chilled, 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 which, of course, listen, to be a summer wine contender, you got to be deeply chilled. If, if we're not chilling a wine in, in the summertime, what are we doing, right? Um, so let's get into the taste. I got to actually taste this one with my sister. Um, so I have also some of her notes here. Hold on, guys. Here we are. So the first things first is you open this up and you get just peach and brine. Brine, 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 brine. In the best possible way. It smells like a peach candle, but when you when you pour it in your glass, it's it's like seaside. Um the smell of it actually even reminded me of like the perfect Parmesan wedge with those like big salt crystals. You know what I mean? You just have like a lot of like just saline feelings. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, it is dry. It is dry and it gives you, it gives you um, a sort of almost... How do I explain this? It gives you like almost a a chili sauce aftertaste without the chili sauce. So think of like just something that has a clean kind of funk to it. So it's it's not something that's gonna like last on like it's it's not gonna overstay its welcome. But it just it just kind of leaves you with something where you're wanting something more of it. That was a bad description. Hold on. It's got an aftertaste. Even though it's not like a clean goodbye, 
It's a, it's like a long lasting welcome goodbye. It's a welcome goodbye. <laughs> um, I'm writing, okay, I see in my notes, it says, I want a remixed mojito or a peach mint julep. Oh, hell yeah. I, I love this wine too, because you can enjoy it by itself. You know, it's got also with fruit wines, you get like a lower ABV. So you, you're rocking at like a 10.8 here. You can have it straight up chilled. But I love that it could just be like the most interesting element in like a mixed cocktail. Um, also written here, I want a popsicle version of this. Yeah. This is a wine that I want to put in like an ice tray and make, oh my God, I figured it out. I figured out what we're going to do with this wine. Okay, I got to get some more, like pretty much stat. I'll, I'll tell you guys, guys, I have figured it out. I figured out summer for all of us. So you're welcome. We got it. Because um, I said, does it fit the Tamron test? And hell yes, it does. This is what I think we should all do. We should all buy bottles of the Peach Pet Nat. Um, we should get those like square cube uh, ice molds, right? I got a couple. Fill, fill like one eighth of them with tamarind water, all right? A little bit of bourbon. And then the rest with the peach pet nap. And then and then we just basically have the greatest popsicle cocktail on the planet. So then when we're by the pool, we're just drinking a bourbon peach tamarind popsicle. Yes. Yes. Like in one of those like big glasses and then like just a little bit of mint on it. And then pour a little bit of topo on it. Oh my God. Sometimes, sometimes you might be in summer. And maybe you don't figure it out until a little bit after July 4th. You guys know how I feel. We're losing summer at this point. After July 4th, we're, we're now just counting down the days to, to fall. So we must make the most of it. We all must order more peach pet nap. By we, I mean I must order more peach pet nap because we must make this. This is what you should do. You should be by the pool, make my iced cocktail idea because the world is really hard and tough and weird and strange and we all deserve <laughs> this cocktail. <laughs> I actually served this one with a mushroom patty melt that I made and it was delicious because I um, roasted the mushrooms first in lots and lots of tamarind. Um, because of that brininess, it just does so well with tamarind. I also feel like this is a perfect uh, pet nat that you want to have with oysters. We're not yet in like peak oyster season. Okay, this is what you do, okay? You buy a case. Everybody goes on the Fruit Blood website. You buy a case of it, all right? Most of it goes to our summer needs. 
you save a couple in the tuck, right? Just save a couple bottles in the tuck. And then once we get into the ER months, right? When we get our oysters on, that's when we get our saved bottles of the peach pet nap. So right now in your proverbial Yeti cooler for your summertime, especially if you're here in Texas, we've got in one corner a couple big salts, right? Big salts 2021. We got we got a nice little row of the peach pet nat. And because I, I can't I can't have a Yeti cooler without without a little bit of like that Loire Valley situation. We just need a couple Ganga wolves in there. Holy shit. I want to go to that party. But that's going to be in our Yeti cooler so far. So I think what we should do is by the end of summer, we we come up. I keep saying we. We all know it's me. <laughs> I. Me. I don't know. When I say I, it makes me feel like I'm like some sort of like megalomaniac. It, it feels much better to say we. And, you know, Bagheera helps. It's a we. Uh, you guys can also tell me in the comments if you have some other summer wine contenders. Okay, this is how we make it a we. You've got some summer wine contenders. Let me know. But we come up. We come up with the big summer wines that we wanted in our Yeti coolers. We come up with summer wine list, I think. I think that's what we do. But this, this guy's, this peach pet net, Strong name, boy toy, strong label, excellent, cool company, we got that, delicious product. So, um, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm writing pretty hard for this first, this first, um, taste of fruit blood. I'm so excited to try some more, um, so coming up, and I've got a couple other fruit wine companies that I'm going to try out as well. Very, very excited um, to be talking about that soon. But coming up on uh, the Substack feed, we got the Salt newsletter, which I promise is almost done. I start writing, you know, y'all, y'all are now used to my schedule of things, right? <laughs> It's it's uh it's more of a process than I than I remember about how long it takes me to write anything. <laughs> uh, but that is coming up, um, followed by uh, the Jaggery and Sugar newsletter, and then after that we'll be doing a wild fermentation newsletter focusing um, on tomatoes and the pizza wave sauce. Um. And then we've got a couple podcast interviews, a lot more fun wine reviews, and then I promise, I promise I will be able to talk about all that other shit that I'm working on that I just, I'm not, I, I, I can't tell you yet. But when I do, it's going to be very exciting for all of us. Um, and of course, uh, would love for you to be a paid subscriber uh, it will be $30 a year is the most economical one. If that is a number that you're like, oof, can't do that right now. You can also do $5 a month. If you're like, Deepa, I would like all of this uh, content coming at me. I'd like all 
to see all the archives. I would like everything to be unlocked. I cannot do that. Email me. Email me and talk to me about your budget and let's figure something out because I am here for you guys to get as much content as possible. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be talking, me and you, soon, mostly me, because it would be very, a very strange podcast if I, if I left a lot of silent pauses for you to respond. Maybe, maybe one day we'll do that. We'll do like an interactive podcast for, for some lunatic who wants it bad enough. All right, guys, we'll talk soon. Be safe and uh, go order you some Cincinnati wine, all right? Bye.